17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Washington outside left, Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone and it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes! A minute remaining and they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, what is up? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. Joined with my man, Swerving Irving Washington. We are here to talk some college football. We're going to preview week four handful of games there's actually a ton of fucking good games this weekend so uh we had to be a little bit selective or else we'd be here for fucking three hours so uh we got about six seven games we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna break down we're gonna preview we're gonna handicap and then tomorrow we'll be posting our top five plays of the week which may or may not be games we talk about tonight so uh follow us on twitter at jordan rules tsp you can follow irvin at swerving irvin tsp and you can get our top five picks. Uh, you can go to our Facebook, Taproom Sports Podcast. You can go to our Instagram, at Taproom Sports Podcast. Get the picks there, too. We uh, Last week, we went six and four, so we won money. Um, both weeks, we've been in the positive. So <clears throat> this is uh, let's keep the trend rolling this week. You know what I mean? We're going to keep it rolling. Um yeah, man. But before we get to the sports, I do have to mention we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That is free, or not free craft beer, but it's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to move, but we are giving you two free ones if you use promo code TAPROOM. So go do that right now, and then you'll get it in a couple weeks. Uh and then there's going to be some even better games that you can sit on your couch and drink it, man. What a better thing than that. How you doing tonight, Irv? I'm chilling. Just chilling. I was, I was the shortest. To, yeah, I was trying to time. watch that, you know, that new Jeffrey Dahmer show. But this other movie caught my eye. So I'm going to watch that after we uh, lay down this uh, this uh, college football. Bro, I was about to watch it last night after we were done recording. And I was like, nah, I'm trying. I'll, I'll be up all night if I fucking <laughs> watch that shit. So it is on my list of things to watch. Um, so if you do watch it, let me know how it is before I watch it. Um, All right. But I am interested in that. But that's dope. Um, before we get to college football, though, some news broke right before we uh, came on air about an hour ago. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tweets out that Ime Adoka is facing disciplinary action by the Boston Celtics for something he did. Now, obviously, if the league isn't involved, it should it can't be that bad. It's got to be something like within the organization, hearing rumors of assault, uh, hearing rumors of ejaculation in the locker. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of shit going on. I mean, what's your thoughts on this, though? Because this could be, you know, Boston's had a very unusual offseason. They acquired Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know, Jalen Brown was upset that he was in trade talks with Kevin Durant. And then they also acquired Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari's out for the year. Tears ACL. Damn. I mean, what what do you think about this? Like, is do you think that it is possibly something that is altering for them this season? 
probably not because his assistants are still there. So even if he gets suspended for, what, two, three months up until All-Star break, as long as he's there for that stretch run to the playoffs, it could hurt their chemistry because not you need your leader, which is basically your coach, you know, for team chemistry, holding the guys together when times get rough, stuff like that. But as far as, like, um, coaching-wise and what they do on a day in and day out, I'm sure he would leave a pretty good uh, – uh, what's the – Man, pretty good template, you know, like ground rules for what to do day in and day out. And probably yeah. if he does get suspended, he I'm pretty sure he'll still be able to talk to the guys. He just probably won't be able to be like in the locker room and coach and stuff like that. So they said that he's going to have like no contact with the organization, or at least that's oh. what the, the, the tweet said that Woj's uh, tweet. Oh, right. damn. Well, if there's no contact with the organization at all during the suspension, then yeah, you would definitely have to lean big time on his, uh, what he's been preaching his offseason to to his assistants. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with that. I thought it was kind of weird that, like, Woj would tweet this out without, like, having any information to back it up. I mean, what's the point of, like, saying, like, he's facing disciplinary action, but we don't know what it is yet, and we're going to find probably, out? Probably his source within the Boston Celtics or the Boston Globe only told him that it's a suspension, but they didn't give him the full details. But why not just wait? Oh, you know, he always, you know, people like that got to be first, man. You know, that's like, story. Yeah. that's like high school drama, dude. It's like, oh, yeah, Bobby man. got in trouble. He's getting suspended for two weeks, but we don't know what he did yet. But we're going to find out. It's like, dude, just wait till you find out and then say it. You know, Woj bombs, bro. You know, that's the thing. That's a uh, a social media. Um, well, I'm not statement. too fond of, of Wojnowski. I fucking hate the guy because. He ruined the trade for the Bucks uh, for Bogdan Bogdanovich, and and uh, because of him, remember we got the fucking we got caught for tampering because he fucking tweeted it out before the actual trade went free, through. Free agency start period started. So damn, that's fucked up. I don't like that guy. He can kiss my ass. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just playing. I don't have any. I don't hold. I mean, I hold a grudge against him for that, but I don't like hate the guy. I don't even fucking know him. Um, let's, let's move over to some football. We, we had to tell the news because it literally just broke. If you live under a rock or haven't heard by now and you're listening to this, uh, on Thursday morning, you probably heard the news by now, but if you haven't, that's the news. When we get more information, we'll definitely pass it along as well. Um, but let's, let's hop into some college football games. Uh, we got a few games on, on Thursday night, which is probably a good thing. Cause you know, as we talked about last night, the NFL Thursday night game is you know, not necessarily what we call a barn burner. <laughs> yes, yeah, not. It's going to be a snooze fest, probably. Yep, but we do have a few college football games, and one of them is a matchup between two Power Five teams, um, and it's West Virginia. They're heading into Blacksburg to face the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, West Virginia right now one and two on the year. Virginia Tech two and one. All right. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? The the total right now, 50 and a half. It's been bet up from 47 and a half. Um, West Virginia, I guess they have a, their defense is playing pretty good, but they've played, well, Berkovich, well, how do you pronounce his name is a legit QB, but they've played Old Dominion and somebody else. So the defense has looked pretty good. The offense is terrible. So, yeah, but they definitely got to put up some points because we've seen West Virginia score a good amount of points 
on all three of their games. It's just their defense got to step up and be able to get stops and be able to uh, get them some leeway. Yeah. Um, I think this is an interesting game because I, I don't think West Virginia is that good, and I didn't think they were that good coming into the year. I, I like them going under their win total. Um, and they did play a good game against Pitt. They did cover, but that's a rivalry game, right? So we talked about rivalry games that week where – you basically always want to take the dog because most rivalry games always come within seven points. So if you're getting seven points, you like it's almost auto bet the seven. You know what I mean? This is a different situation. Um, and Virginia Tech, while they're not great offensively, they are top three in defense this year. And they did play Boston College, and Old Dominion is a little bit better than than uh, anticipated. They're one of the, but they're also Old Dominion's offense sucks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're a fucking top. 10 offense in the country. No, they're like top like 150 maybe. Uh but Virginia Tech at home, Blacksburg, one of the toughest places to play. Virginia Tech 7 and 8 against the spread in the last 10 years um at home. But you also have to keep in mind that some of those games, especially the losses, they're playing Florida State, they're playing Clemson, you know, powerhouse ACC type teams in, in Florida state for a good while. They were national title contenders, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I like Virginia tech here. I took it at three. It's been bet down to two at two. I still lean Virginia tech. I don't love it. Um, but I do think at home, they're going to have some good momentum. I think defensively they're good enough. Like I said, they're a top three defense in, in yards per play opponent yards per play which is a very important stat because if you're only allowing three yards per play, you're getting a lot of three and outs. You know what I mean? Yes, West Virginia is the best offense they're going to play. Yes, JT Daniels is the best quarterback they're going to see. But I still have a lot of questions about West Virginia's offense. I mean, I'm sorry, West Virginia's defense. And if Virginia Tech can run the ball and control the clock, which they've done in all three of their games for the most part, Old Dominion, uh, you know, they should have won that game, dude. Old Dominion's quarterback only convert, only uh, he had like a 42% completion percentage, dude, and they managed to win that game. Yeah, and, well, Virginia Tech's QB got to stop turning the ball over, too. Yeah, they they definitely have to maintain uh, turnovers, but it's not like West Virginia's out there getting a ton of turnovers either. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, if you got a QB that's turns. prone to turnovers, if you throw a wrinkle in the game that he hasn't seen on tape, it can confuse the hell out of them. But let's see. Blacksburg is a home field advantage. It's not the home field advantage that it used to be. Hope, yeah, because West Virginia looked at horrible against Kansas. So I think Virginia Tech should be able to pull this out at home. In the beginning of the week, I was riding with West Virginia. But the more I look at it, West Virginia, Virginia Tech should definitely be able to pull this out. And Virginia Tech put up 27 points on Boston College. And Boston College is a really good defense. They have a better defense than West Virginia. Yeah, so I like I'll I'll ride with West Virginia just for the simple fact that they're at home and the defense should be able to stop. No, I'll ride with Virginia Tech. The um the defense should make enough plays. The offense should score just enough to beat them. It probably could come down to a last second field goal or a touchdown. So, uh, Hokies bring it. Uh, you know. Man, and it's and it's gonna be a sellout too. So yep. I think that home field advantage will come through for them. It's gonna be rocking. What do you think about the total at fifty and a half? Because at first, uh, when I was looking at it, I was like, man, like that's like an easy, almost auto bet on the under, right? But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, 
if West Virginia's defense is as bad as I think it is, Virginia Tech actually might be able to score some points. And let's just say they put up 30 points, right? There's a high chance that West Virginia puts up 24 to 27 or maybe even more 31, and then the total goes over, right? Mm-hmm. Do we think that Virginia Tech ha- – because, I mean, Virginia Tech put up 27 points on Boston College. Well, that could have been a fluke, so we'll see. I'll, if I had to bet one, maybe I would bet the over, honestly, because you know West Virginia can score, and that would make – But can they score against a defense like Virginia Tech? Well, you can't put too much in stock in Virginia's Tech defense, though, so – they They only held Boston College to 14 points. Well, that's fine, but boss, we seen we thought Boston College was going to be legit, and they're not at all. So, well, they, uh, Boston College bet. also has played two of the better defenses in Power Five. They played Rutgers, which has a really good defense, and they played Virginia Tech, also a really good defense. So it's not like they're they're like not they're struggling against like some garbage FCS programs. Like, nah, they they played. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just I just don't think that that. Over the time, over the test of the season, that that defense is going to be anywhere near the top ten. So, I'm not saying West Virginia is going to just run them off the field. I think West Virginia is going to score points. I just don't think they're going to score enough points to win the game. <clears throat> yeah, but if you had to bet the over under, depending on because Virginia Tech offense is not that good, so uh, I would say under because this probably be like a twenty four seventeen game or twenty seven to twenty. Probably something like that. I don't think it's going to get into the 30s for either team. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. All right, let's uh let's move over to this next game here. Um, so we're both we're both on Virginia Tech here. Both kind of lean the under. Uh, like I said, I like it at three at two two and a half. I still lean Virginia Tech. Don't love it though. Don't necessarily love it. All right, let's talk about this next game. This this game is one that I have my eye on since last Saturday, even before last Saturday, because it's well documented that one of these teams is very bad against top 25 programs, and they're 3-0 this year, and that's the Maryland Terrapins. They're heading into the big house to face Michigan. This is the big noon kickoff game. So our guy, uh, what's his name, doing the play-by-play? Um Gus Johnson, Johnson and, uh, and and Joel Clatt. Joel Clatt. Uh, they'll be on the call, and it's 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 crazy to me because every time I feel like uh, Gus Johnson is on the play by play, like the underdog always wins, <laughs> except for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, but right now, Michigan is uh, they're laying seventeen, so they're minus seventeen over under when uh, over under total opened at fifty five and a half. It's been bet up to sixty five, Irv. Ooh, that's a lot of points. That's well, a lot they could of both, points. But they could both easily get into the 30s. I can honestly see this game being a shootout because, let's be real, Michigan defense ain't been tested at all. all this season. They haven't faced – well, they faced some FBS. They faced FBS schools, but those three schools are – two of them are legit bottom five SB, FBS programs right now. Yep. And they could have got – I would say anything. all three of them might be. Yeah. And they could have got anything they wanted at any time. So we don't really know what Michigan is going to be until they start playing way better competition. Now, Maryland, they can score with anybody. 
But their defense has been playing better this year. They added some good transfers on the transfer portal. They can rush the passer better. They're getting more they're getting more pressure on the QB with their front four. So I, that's a good sign because their offense can score with anybody. They just got to play a lick of defense, and they could give anybody in the Big Ten or anybody around the country problems because that's how good their offense is. I will say this. Against SMU, I was expecting that game to be like 50 to fucking 52, dude. I was expecting that game to be an absolute shootout. And in the first half, it really looked like that. SMU scored 24 points in the first half. SMU only scored three points in the second half. Absolutely neutralized by Maryland's defense. You nailed it on the head. Maryland has an elite offense. They have a top 15 offense in the country. They could absolutely score with anyone. The biggest question mark about Maryland has always been can Tugavai, can Tagovailoa hold on to the football and not commit bad turnovers? And he hasn't done it yet this season. And I say yet because there's still a lot of season to be played. Yep. And Maryland's defense has been much improved. And I thought that SMU game and, and most people that are probably listening to this that aren't that don't follow college football, they're probably saying like, well, SMU isn't a great team. No, SMU is a good team. SMU yeah. is one of the top teams in the AAC. They were one of the top teams projected to win that conference. They're really good. And Trevor Mordecai is an NFL legit talent at QB. And their wide receiver, Rice, he's arguably a top five wide receiver in the country. Yeah, they got a good-ass offense. They can scroll on anybody, too. They just got to play defense. Yeah, and, and you know, asking to hold Maryland's offense is, is a tough task. Um, but yeah. this is a big game for Maryland because Maryland is 0-10 against top 25 teams in the last few years. They haven't been able to beat anybody. Um, and, go ahead, Irv. And those games have been ugly, too. They haven't been close. But ugly. then these last couple years is because of the turnovers. I think one game, I don't know if it was against Michigan or Penn State, but uh, I to his little brother, I can't. I know his first name starts with a T. Um, it's uh, Talu, Talia. Talua. Talia. Talia. Yeah, ta, yeah, Talia. Talua. Talua Tagovailoa. He, I think it was against, was it Penn State or Ohio State? That game, I think he do like three or four interceptions. Iowa had a, had a, oh, okay, Iowa had a couple fumbles. It was just horrible. Yeah, it was a Friday so, night game. Long as he don't have a game like that, and he keeps playing efficient. Right now on the season, he six touchdowns, two interceptions, and his completion percentage is seventy seven percent. So, I like what I see so far. He is going to be tested. Michigan has a good front. They have a decent secondary. I don't really know what their secondary is because it hasn't been tested. But I know their front is their front seven is pretty damn good because even though you're playing a inferior opponent, when you're able to stuff the run the way they have been, that means your run defense, your front seven is pretty good when it comes to running the running well, run defense. So we got to we gonna see what Michigan really is when their first Big Ten uh first Big Ten challenge. So. That's going to be a, a really good uh, challenge for them. This is two teams that are top ten in in yard. Or I'm, I'm sorry, in points per play. Um, but like you said, we got we kind of got to take Michigan's with a grain of salt because they haven't played fucking anybody. Yeah, so played, I mean, they they played Hawaii, who've made Vanderbilt look like the best team in the country. So yeah, you definitely got to take it into into consideration. And I think that's the scariest part about this spread because Michigan's lane seventeen. Personally, I thought this line was going to open like 21. I was absolutely shocked that it opened at 17, but it, it showed me that the market kind of looks at Maryland the same as I do, 
and kind of looks at Michigan the same way both of us do, which is kind of like, well, yeah, they look really great, but look who they played. And this is going to be J.J. McCarthy's first big game. And so apparently he's banged see. up. Okay. That's so. the word out there. There's no there's no official injury reports in college, but mm-hmm. there is, like, beat writers and stuff saying that J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara both are a little banged up. Okay. Well, this is going to be McCarthy's first big game, so we're going to have to see what he really is and what he can be under pressure, not just running free and being careless and coming in when you up. 21 plus points so this is going if he's starting and he's good to go we're gonna i'm gonna keep a close eye on him and see how he plays in a big game yep i think this is gonna give us a lot of good intel on both of these teams as to where they are amongst the big 10 um because you know i don't think ohio state is as good as we anticipated so yeah. i do think that you know if if maryland pulls off this upset and and obviously they're 17 point dogs like that's it, it's not highly likely, but if they do pull off this upset, I mean, Irv, there's a good chance that they could win the Big Ten. Yeah. Because Mer- Michigan is definitely probably the second best team in this conference. I agree. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I do like Maryland plus the 17 points. Um, I do think that they're going to cover this. I think this is going to be a very close game because I think Maryland can score enough to the point where you know, Michigan's not just going to blow them out of the water. And I, I do kind of agree with the over here, 65. I think this could be a very high-scoring game. Yeah, I think it is going to be, too, honestly. I think it's going to be very high-scoring. Uh, Maryland's definitely going to have to stop the run. That's going to be very important. If they can contain the run, it's going to neutralize what Michigan wants to do, and I think that's going to be very important. All right, let's move over to this next game where we got Tennessee against Florida. Florida's heading into Tennessee. Um, right now, Florida is plus 10 and a half, Tennessee minus 10 and a half. The total here is 62. Um, depending on the book, it kind of varies the total I'm seeing anywhere from 60 to 62 and a half. So if you like the over, get the lowest number. If you like the under, get the highest number, shop around, get the best number. What's your thoughts on this game though? Um, you know, both of us kind of have the same opinion on Anthony Richardson, but, but what do you think yeah, about this? So one? he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet. I think his completion percentage is less than 50%. 53%. So, okay, so that's close enough. It's pretty bad. Um, it's pretty bad yeah, nowadays. Uh, I like Tennessee. Florida has proved that they can be a decent team, but after that, I think they – after that Utah win, I think they came – a little bit back down to earth because they didn't look like the same team at all against Kentucky. And then they struggled against uh, UCF. They yep. had to kick a, a field goal to win that game, if I'm correct, because I didn't really watch it. I just saw the highlights. Yep. Um, but I still I still see that he hasn't thrown a touchdown. And we was very high on Tennessee. We said they had an outside shot at getting to the SEC championship and giving Georgia a run for their money. I don't know how good that's going. I don't know how good that's going to hold up because Georgia is like the best team of the country right now. But Agreed. they definitely, if Tennessee, the team, I think they're going to be. I think this game is not even going to be that close. To be honest, I think they went comfortably by at least 10, 10 or more points. I could see it getting fourteen to twenty one because if Richardson can't, if Richardson can't sustain drives and and keep the defense off the field and let them get some type of rest and momentum, because. I Hendon Hooker only threw three three INTs last year, and I don't think he's 
yet to throw one this year. So he's a real he's a real good playmaker at quarterback. So yep, if that yep. the longer that defense is on the field, the worse it's gonna be for uh Florida. Now Florida can they do have a shot at winning because Richardson is a great athlete. They're billing him as the next Cam Newton for some reason. I seen a mock I think uh who mock draft is it Mel Kuyper. Got him going top fifteen in his mock draft. So in his latest mock draft. So good luck with that, Mel. But this could get ugly and kneeling on Saturday. I'm gonna be honest. If Florida does win, I will low key be shocked. That's how high I am on Tennessee right now. Yeah, and no, I I agree with that. I don't know about laying the ten and a half just because it is a rivalry game. In yeah, I would take the money line. I would take Tennessee money line honestly. And there's not a ton of value. They're looking at like minus yeah. four hundred. Um, yeah. But Florida, it, they've lost the last five games against Tennessee by over 20 points per game. And, yes, this is a different Tennessee team. Totally different. But it is still a rivalry at the same time. Um, but yeah. maybe they do have it out for Florida, you know what I mean? Maybe they do want to put the pedal to the metal and blow the fucking brakes off Florida in, in this instance because this is a big time. If I was, if I was Josh Hypo, I would because, honestly – if Tennessee goes out and whoops on Florida and we expect – well, we're going to hold off on other games, but if, if we expect some other teams to stumble or not be as good as we think they might be, this could be a game that puts them solidly in the top ten. Yep. Well, they're in our top ten, though. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're in my top ten already. Um, What was I going to say? Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with you. Anthony Richardson being the top 15 pick is fucking crazy to me. Like, that's delusional. <laughs> that's that's your boy, Mel Kuyper. He, I mean, he's a great athlete, dude. Don't get me wrong. but like, Yeah, he's an amazing athlete. But from what I've seen from the pocket, I say nah, I say buddy. Jalen Hurts can't throw. Dude, Anthony Richardson is like a poor man's Jalen Hurts, bro. Like, he absolutely cannot throw. And I think that Utah game kind of put film out for teams. Remember, we were talking about that because – he was really just making plays with his with his legs. So it's like once you start containing him, which Kentucky did very well, they're forcing him to make plays down the field, and he couldn't do it. Pick sixes, incomplete passes, airmailing it over receivers' heads. Yep. So and keep good. in mind too, this is Florida's first time leaving Gainesville this year. Yeah, first time. All three of they all three of their first games has been at home. So this this is uh this could be a. This could be a, a big spot for Tennessee to really show the country who they are and yeah. what they can do. So I'm with you. I actually I like the over here. I actually bet it earlier in the week. I got it at 59 and a half. I do think that it's going to be a little bit high scoring only for the fact that, you know, Tennessee's defense isn't terrible, but it's not Yeah, but it's not great. great. Yeah. Um they have been a little bit better. They did give up 27 points to Pitt, but they only gave up six to Akron, but Akron's one of the worst teams in the country, and then they only gave up 10 to Ball State. Ball State's not a terrible MAC team, but they're not great either. Yeah, they're like middle of the pack. Yeah, so I do think that, I do think Florida will be able to score a little bit, you know, maybe 21 to 27 points, kind of similar to what Pitt did, but I definitely am looking for Tennessee to really fucking make a statement here, dude. 35, 40 points, maybe more. Yep. And I I don't think that they're gonna let off the gas. Like this is a they're not. They're just gonna fucking you know want to win by fucking ten thousand <laughs> points, dude. If they could, it's gonna be one of those type games. I'm I'm looking forward to this one, dude. Because like yeah. like we said, dude, we're both high on Tennessee, and this is gonna like this is either gonna make us look fucking stupid crazy, or, or it's gonna make us look like geniuses, dude. 
Yeah, I'll do, I'm gonna be tuned into this game too. I think it's what kickoff at noon or nine o'clock. I gotta check and see. Uh, this is a three thirty Eastern game, so twelve thirty Pacific. Oh yeah, I'll be tuned in. Yep, it's gonna be a good one. All right, let's move on to our next game, which I'm trying to find here: Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin Badgers are heading into the shoot the horseshoe to face the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right now, Ohio State, 18.5-point favorites. This opened at 15.5. It's been bet up to 18.5. The total's at 57 right now. What's your thoughts on this game, Irv? Um, I think Wisconsin is going to try to ground and pound. They're going to try to bleed as much clock as they can and try to make it a, a make it a, a you know scrappy game. They're going to try to slow down Ohio State as much as they can because if they can't sustain drives and put up points on the board – Ohio State is probably going to run them off the field because they have a young defense. The defense has been playing solid, but I don't know if they have the athletes man for man to uh, stick with Ohio State. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, no chance. They lost that home to Wazoo. Yeah. I will say that, you know, Wisconsin maybe has, like, an equal level defense to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was really able to kind of – contain Ohio State's offense and Ohio State they put up 77 points last week but or 60 how many did they put up 77 yeah 77 but I mean to be completely honest with you they played uh, an awful team dude you know what I mean they yeah. played well Toledo's not don't get me wrong Toledo's one of the better they're awful teams, compared to yeah and it doesn't really prove a lot and that was really the first game where like they looked great offensively. Even against Arkansas State, they only put up 45 points, and at times they were really struggling to move the ball in that game. Yeah. So I think it was good for for uh, Ohio State to get out and and get going. Wisconsin's offense, I mean, dude, they're basically anemic. They really yeah. rely on Braylon Allen to, to do everything because that's all they can do is run the ball because their fucking quarterback is fucking terrible. Yeah, he's... I don't know. Wisconsin got to find a way to start getting more decent quarterbacks. All these quarterbacks around the country, and they haven't had a solid one since Russell Wilson. That's crazy. And he was a transfer. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's even worse. Um, I think I think this game could get ugly. I think this game plays out two ways. I think it's either a fucking total blowout, or it's, or a, it's a low game. scoring close game, dude. And that Ohio State got to pull out in the fourth quarter. Yep. I think that this could go either ways. Uh, you know, Paul Christ is a good coach. Wisconsin always has a top defense. Braylon Allen can run the ball. And, and does running the ball take away the the pass rush of Ohio State? You know what I mean? If, if Wisconsin can effectively run the football. So I think that's something to kind of look at in this game. 18 and okay. a half. Go ahead. Pause, pause, pause. Shams with a shams bomb. Celtics coach Ime Udoka had an improper, intimate, and consensual relationship with a female member of the team staff, sources tell the Athletic. It's been deemed a violation of the franchise code of conduct. It's not even that serious, bro. Yeah, it's really not. But it is because ain't he a married man or I'm, engaged I'm sure. or something? He could be. With Neil Long, well, that's well, we got the breaking news tonight. So there back to college go. football. There we go. We got the news. I was hoping for something a little bit more dramatic, to be honest. <laughs> Good thing it's not gambling. Yeah, well, if it was gambling, the league would have stepped in. That's how I knew it wasn't too serious, or else they would have okay. been all over it. Cool, um, cool. 
Let's see here. Uh, Wisconsin rushing the football 218 yards per game. Ohio State only giving up 84 yards on the ground. If Wisconsin can't run the football, this game is over. It's over. It's going to be it's going to be a massacre. So in which do you think that the under might be the best play here? Because Ohio State could put up 42 and Wisconsin could only score seven. What's the over under 57. Oh yeah. I like the under cause I don't think Ohio State is going to be able to just go ham on Wisconsin like that because Wisconsin does have pride and they have a pretty damn good defensive coach. So I think, yeah, I can see it being like 42 to 7, 42 to 10, 35, 14, something like that. So if I had to bet, I would probably, I would like, I, I like the under. Yeah, I think I kind of like the under too. Uh, Wisconsin only giving up eight points per game right now on And average. Ohio State's at home, right? Ohio State is at home. Ohio State's yeah. averaging 207 rush yards a game, but keep in mind their last two opponents. Yeah, their last two opponents. Because they didn't, did they rush for over 100 yards against Notre Dame? Uh, they did not. Yeah, see, so, and I think Wisconsin's run defense is better than Notre Dame, so. Yeah, I, yeah, dude, I'm kind of, I kind of like that under, dude, now that we're, like, looking at this. Because, I mean, 18 and a half, 19 points, that's a lot to lay, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's not a bad, because it's, it's under three touchdowns, right? Yeah, it's not a bad spread, plus you got to factor in they're finally playing a Division One team Yeah. that, Coming off of two straight uh, uh, tomato cans at home, there's no way I'm I'm taking Wisconsin though. <laughs> there's yeah, no yeah, way yeah, I'm yeah. Taking yeah. The there's points. no way I'm I'll, even with the points I wouldn't take Wisconsin because I don't think they win this game unless they can force CJ Stroud to throw some pick sixes. Actually, I might take the points here because listen to I this: fifty nine percent of the bets are on Ohio State, but ninety percent of the money is on Wisconsin right now. To cover to cover the the spread, that means Vegas might know. Yeah, Vegas knows something, right? And if it's like that, then I definitely like the under because that means that it should be a low scoring game. Yeah. So give me that. Give me that under. That might be my best bet of all these games. I have to keep that in in mind heading into these. All right, let's talk about this next game. We got. Um, let me see what which one. Let's let's do let's do Wazoo versus Oregon. Washington State uh, versus Oregon. Oregon's heading into Washington State. Right now, this game is anywhere from six to seven. You can find sixes. You can find six and a half. You can find seven. Seven points, yeah. So, again, if you like Washington State to cover, find that seven. If you like Oregon to cover, find that six, six and a half. Um, what's your thoughts on this game, Irv? Um, Oregon is looks like a totally different team away from Autzen Stadium. So, I think... This is going to be their first true road test, and they're playing a team that surprised a lot of folks so far. They're undefeated. Besides that shaky start against Idaho where they needed an interception to win the game at the end of the fourth quarter, they look pretty good, a lot better on defense than I expected. So Oregon is definitely going to get tested. The thing that we really got to pay attention to in this game is the running. I think Washington has given up less than 100 yards a game on the ground, and Oregon is rushing for damn near like, what, 180? Yeah, they're running the ball pretty well. Uh, yeah, but so, Washington State did have to play Wisconsin. Keep that in mind. Yeah, but did they? I don't think Wisconsin ran though for a bunch of yards like that against them. No, they actually held them in check pretty well, and they won the game. Yeah, and they went so, to Wisconsin. They went to Madison, which is uh, 
if you can stop Wisconsin running the ball, that's their bread and butter. You're going to be pretty good running uh, run defense against pretty much anybody else outside of the top top tier team. So, so the thing about it is, averaging... can Bo, can Bo Nix beat a team with his arm? That's the biggest question. Yep. Not not with a lead with a twenty some point lead, and he just got a play action and throw it over the defensive head because they're worried about getting gashed in the run game. Can he beat a team consistently from the pocket that has good athletes, a good defense, and a pretty good scheme as well? So we'll see. We'll see. It's a lot of tape on Bo Nix. He has looked good these last two games, but let's let's keep it in check. He's not a Heisman candidate. He's not an upper-tier quarterback. He's Bo Nix. So you get the best you can out of him and see where it could take you. But honestly, and their record in Pullman has been pretty terrible over the last 10 years. 4-11 against the spread. So, yeah. So, honestly, if it's plus money on Washington right now, I think it's plus money on Washington, right? Yeah, it's plus 6.5, uh, the spread, money line plus 210. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon could win by, like, a field goal. I don't see them winning by more than a touchdown if they do win. But I think this game probably comes down to like a field goal or maybe a touchdown, depending on, like I said, it's all, it's all going to depend on who establishes themselves in the run game. Is Washington State's defense going to stop them and make Bo Nix beat them with his arm? If they do that, I'm pretty confident Washington wins this game. Washington State. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the thing I like about this is that Washington State's defense, they're top 10 in the country right now in, in uh, yards per play. Uh, They're only allowing 91 yards on the ground. And like I said, they played Wisconsin, which is arguably one of the best rushing teams in the entire country. Oregon is averaging 205 yards per game on the ground, and that's a big part of what they want to do because what Washington State is going to want to do, they're going to shut down the run, and they're going to force Bo Nix to win this game. If Bo Nix can do that, my hats are off to Oregon, and it's going to be a great victory. But I have not seen Bo Nix ever be able to do that. So until I see it, I'm not gonna believe it. Give me the give me the points here with Washington State four and eleven against the spread against in Pullman. I don't like it. I like I like Washington State here. I'd also probably lean the under here. I think the uh, I don't think this is gonna be a high scoring game. These are two good defenses. I thought Oregon was gonna be good defensively from the from the onset of the year. I just didn't know how what they were gonna be offensively. And against Georgia, they got their fucking break speed off them. Yeah, but Georgia looks like hands down the best team in the country at this point. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much I can use that against Oregon at this point. And Oregon did look good against uh, BYU, and they really neutralized Hall, and they, they basically took away the run game from BYU. So yeah, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but give me the home team. Pullman's going to be rocking. This game's at 1 o'clock Pacific. Um, Washington State does have a pretty good home field advantage too. So I'm with you, Irv. I like, I like Washington State here with the points. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, this SEC matchup. We got Arkansas heading into um, College Station to face Texas A&M. Right now, Texas A&M laying two points. What's your thoughts on this game? Um, KJ Jefferson, I think he bounces back, has a better game because he looked as shaky versus Missouri State. I did not see that coming, them having to you know, basically win the game in the fourth quarter. It was a so, total letdown spot, though. Yeah, it was because they had a big game coming up. So yeah. good thing they lucked out and won because they're facing the SEC frauds right now. That's what I'm going to call Texas A&M. Jimbo looks like 
I'll give him his respect because, you know, he's a pretty damn good coach and he's won multiple national championships, one as a head coach. But, man, dude is looking cooked. If Miami played a halfway decent game, they easily win that game last week. But I'll give Texas A&M credit for beating a Miami team that didn't look like they was ready to be under the bright lights right now with the first-year head coach, Mario Cristobal. But, honestly – I don't see Texas in and winning this game at all, man. They quarterbacks, they might as well start the freshman, bro. Them two quarterbacks ain't really giving you nothing. I was about to ask you if if Texas A&M is frauds, what do we call Miami? Um, that is one big well, pile my, of shit. I wouldn't call Miami frauds because Miami didn't come into the season with a whole bunch of hype. They wasn't ranked super duper high like Texas A&M, and they wasn't getting picked to be in the playoffs by certain analysts on, you know, on a certain uh, network. But, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to give Miami a pass, too, because this is Cristobal's first year. So he has to look better against ACC competition because he beat up on FCS opponents and had Miami looking like world beaters. But they did lose a first real test of the season. So they do got to bounce back from that. I'm not going to completely crucify Mario for that. Tyler Van Dyke got to step up, though, bro. Most people have you as a guaranteed first-round pick, so I need to see a lot more from you. I don't think he's accurate Um, enough. Yeah, I got to see a lot more from you, especially against better athletes and better teams, so if you could solidify that first-round status. Um, But I don't like Texas a and I don't like the way their offense is. It's too look archaic. They have no pre-snap movement. They pretty much line up and just run his pro-style offense, and teams are pretty much keying in on it because they know the quarterbacks are not going to beat you deep. And most of the time they're not even trying to throw it deep. So it kind of reminds me of them old NFL offenses that had great defenses and just managed the game and scored enough points. But Texas A&M can't do that because this is not that day and age anymore. And their defense isn't that good to do that against better SEC teams, which they're about to face in Arkansas. So, I think this one could get ugly. In oh, this one! Station. This one is not in College Stadium. This is a neutral field game at AT and T Stadium. This is AT&T in Dallas. Stadium? Yeah. Oh, so that even gives uh, Arkansas a better shot. And yeah, last year they I won think... twenty to ten in the same stadium. Arkansas did. Yeah, I think this game has a potential to. I think Arkansas has a potential to win by at least two touchdowns, ten points. I don't see this game being that close, honestly. Yeah, and um, Texas A and M has a lot of. People on their injury report, White, uh, Nolan, Marshall, they got, those are the guys that got sat out last week. Marshall, Bowie, Mm -hmm. Harris, Stewart, Uh, but it doesn't say whether they're going to play or not. Okay. So that's something to keep an eye on as, as you, as we move towards this game. I, I, my biggest question mark about Texas A&M is like, they're just so inept on offense, dude. Like they, they don't have good quarterback play at all. And Arkansas, definitely K.J. Jefferson, like, while he did look bad last week, I do think that it was a letdown spot. And the fact that not only do they have Texas A&M this week, Irvin, the week after they got Alabama. Alabama. So that worries me for this game a little bit. Because, like, where is their head at for this one? Oh, no, they're definitely not looking ahead to Alabama and overlooking Texas A&M because if you, when you overlook teams, that's how you get beat. And they almost got beat last week by Missouri State. So yep. I'm pretty sure Pittman focused them in on this game, and they're going to take it one game at a time. You always get beat when you're looking ahead. Yep. So I don't think that's going to happen this week. They know they got to focus in because they can't just, they can't just show up and beat Texas A&M. You do got to beat them. They're still an SEC team with a bunch of talent. 
It's just that talent ain't being used to the best of its ability, clearly. So Jimbo has to fix that. But as far as the game and what's what I think is going to pan out, I think Arkansas just has too many weapons to be stopped by Texas A&M. And I don't think Texas A&M is going to score enough points to keep up, honestly. Because Miami is not that great of a defense. They they getting better. And Texas A&M only scores 16 points against them. Now, what defense would you rather have, Arkansas or Miami's right now? Uh, I mean, that's tough. Arkansas is not the greatest defensive team. Yeah, but they're a better defensive team than Miami. Uh... Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're allowing 421 yards per game, 27 points per game, 352 yards for the air. The good thing about that is, like, they don't they don't allow a lot of rush yards, and obviously Texas A&M, they can't pass the ball, so. Exactly. So if, if Texas A&M could throw the ball, then I would be okay. <laughs> yeah, then then they, might, they might lose, but. What do you think about the under here? Because it's 48 and a half. Um, but right now, dude, listen to this. The under is nine and zero in Texas A and M's last nine games in September. Under, <laughs> yeah, I think the under might be the play here because I don't know if, like, like you said, I don't know if Texas A and M can score more, score over twenty points a game. You know what I mean? So the fact that like I don't trust them offensively, they do play good defense. Like you got to tip your cap, they do play good defense, but. Arkansas, like you said, they, we said they stopped the run, and that's what Texas A&M wants to do. So this could really be an ugly-ass game like it was last year. It was a 2010 game last year. Could very well be the same kind of game this year. I agree. I like the under. I like Arkansas, but the under is, uh, under is definitely a good a good bet, too. I'll write that down though right now. Under 47.5, I like that. All right, let's move on to our last game here. We got Kansas State versus Oklahoma. Right now, this is in Norman, Oklahoma, by the way. Right now, Oklahoma. Oh, no. We got second to last, USC, Oregon State. Oh, we'll save that one for last. Mm-hmm. So second to last game, we got Oklahoma versus Kansas State. Right now, uh, Oklahoma in Norman, minus 13 and a half. What's your thoughts on this game? Um, this is Oklahoma's first test of the season against both our dark horse to actually be a big 12 contender, which in Kansas state, I like what I've seen from Adrian Martinez so far. He's using his legs. He's using his arm. He's not turning the ball over at him. It looked like shit last week though. Yeah. He looked terrible last week, but I think he bounces back this week and they give Oklahoma a run for their money. I'll see Oklahoma winning a close game. But I definitely got Kansas State being able to pull the upset or cover. I don't think they're getting blowed out at all because as far as offense, they're well, they get they averaging three fifty. Oklahoma is averaging five hundred, but that's super duper skewed because they play some horrible teams. Yep. <laughs> this, is yep. Their, this is their first test of the year, and I don't think Oklahoma is gonna rush for hundred and ninety something yards against Kansas State. Kansas State hangs their hat on playing pretty pretty good defense. Um, I yeah. don't know, man, but the, it did lose to Tulane, though. But but, dude, we talk about a letdown spot. Like, yeah, I totally think super, that was a bad spot. Dude. Yeah, that was a super letdown. Um, because they beat Missouri forty to twelve, and Missouri can score. They're not a great defensive team, but they can score with pretty much anybody. They got a good offense. Yeah, I thought. But, I thought for sure. Like I even took Tulane last week because 
I should have made it one of my top five bets, but I didn't. But I like Tulane to cover last week because I did think that it was a letdown spot for Kansas State because they did have Oklahoma on the horizon. Yeah. Now, Kansas State has been very good against Oklahoma lately. You know, if you remember last year, they were holding a lead against Oklahoma for most of the game. Oklahoma comes back. Caleb Williams does his thing. Oklahoma wins 37 to 31. Kansas State covers the 12. Year before that, Kansas State with the upset 38 35. Kansas State covers 28 points. Year before that, Kansas State wins again 48 to 41. They cover the 23 and a half. I mean, Kansas State always covers against Oklahoma. They always play Oklahoma tough. That's why last week was a bad spot to be a Kansas State backer. Now, this is a game where we back Kansas State. We take the points here. They might lose. Okay, yes, they're in Norman, but they always play Oklahoma well. Yeah, I think this game is definitely going to be close. Uh, Take uh, Kansas State with the points. Yeah, I like the points here. Right now, Oklahoma getting 67% of the bets. Kansas State getting 63% of the money. This is best bet material for the week, baby. Give yeah, me, this is probably going to be one of my best bets, honestly. Give me give me K-State plus 13 and a half all day long. Yeah, and and what's the name? Hasn't seen a D1 opponent the whole season because Nebraska should be FCS school this year. So let's, Dude, let's see what... That's no joke either. Let, let's see what... Um, Let's see what Oklahoma is made out of. And and this is the other thing, too, Irv, is like, I don't, like, we both aren't very high on Dylan Gabriel, but there's no way Dylan Gabriel is going to run like he did against Nebraska, dude. Like, he was running all over Nebraska, and it was like, because they couldn't, they couldn't tackle. Yeah, he's going to get hurt if he runs like that against Kansas State. And, can, and, and Kansas State is one of the better tackling teams in the country. Yeah. So, I... I, I like uh I like Kansas State here. I really like Mims though, the wide receiver of Oklahoma. Yeah, he's nice, and the other receiver is nice with the long ass last well two last names. I can't think of his name, but he's pretty good too. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on to our last game, the best game, the USC Trojans. They head into Beaver Stadium to face Oregon State. This game is at six thirty p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Right now, USC minus six. Uh, or road favorites. Pack, it won't be watched by many unless you got Spectrum because you're on a pass on a Pac-12 network. But this is another game they kept building up Fresno State to be USC's first challenge of the year. USC beats the shit out of them. Now it's oh Fresno State wasn't that good, so their real challenge now is going on the road against Oregon State, a team that can pound the ball and all that good jazz. Now I'll say this if. Oregon State can run the ball like they did against USC last year, which I highly doubt, then they got a shot at winning this game. But if they don't, they got to depend on their quarterback, Chance Nolan, who's what I would like to call Reggie. He's mid. Yep. He's not that good of a quarterback. And let's be real, USC opportunistic defense, it probably is going to get better as the year goes on. But we're gonna keep it one hundred. USC's best defense is their offense right now. Yep. That offense puts so much pressure on teams that have to score seven points or keeps matching them with touchdowns. And when the offense is pressing, that's how you make mistakes, that's how you get fumbles, that's how you get interceptions. So I think USC is gonna to continue to do that to teams, especially in the Pac twelve and whoever else they play the rest of the season, because 
I don't see a team that can stop that offense on a consistent basis. And we've seen what Oregon State is on defense. They have two good corners. The front seven is okay. Of course, they're going to play a little bit over their head because they're playing SC. All Pac-12 teams give SC their best shot. But they just don't have enough in the chamber to hang with SC, bro. It's they're operating. SC's operating at a different level than pretty much any Pac-12 team I've seen so far that I've watched play. And that's not that's not me being biased. That's just me being keeping it 100 on what I see with my eyes. I don't think nobody in the country can stick those wide receivers man to man. Yeah, I will say, uh, well, you can't play USC man at all either because then you allow Caleb Williams to get out and use his legs. And we saw that kind of against Fresno. Um, once whatever they were in, they were kind of checking out of. And if they were in man, they would go to RPO. If they were in the zone, then they would kind of just pick it apart. I did think Caleb Williams left a lot of plays on the field, though. He missed a ton of throws, which, you know, he's well, going to watch the I film back. I went back and, and watched it. He missed, like, five throws. Two That's, of them was looked pretty bad because it would have been two touchdowns because yep. two dudes was wide open. I was about to say, but two of them were, were six points. He, he'll, he'll correct that. I'm sure him and Lincoln yeah, he watched the, watched the back. tape. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I expect him to be a lot better in that aspect. Um, and – you know, Oregon State hasn't been great against the run. They're allowing 142 yards on the ground, and they haven't played, uh, you know, a great rushing team yet. And keep in mind, Boise State, they were up 28-7 to so quick that, you know, Boise State couldn't even run the ball. Like, they had to they had to throw the ball. And the other thing is, is tailing uh, Green, the quarterback, the backup quarterback for Boise State that went into that game in game one. Ran all over him. Ran all over Oregon State. It's going to be very similar with Caleb Williams, except Caleb Williams can throw the football. I think that's going to be the biggest difference in this game, and it has been the biggest game. The biggest difference in all of USC's games is that the Caleb Williams' ability to run the football and with his arm talent, I mean, it's just second to none, dude. Yeah, like normally you don't get an athletic quarterback that can throw like that outside of a guy named Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. You know what I mean? But that's who Caleb Williams is. And if he were draft eligible this year, he would be the first overall pick in my opinion. Easily. So I think that while yes, this is in Beaver stadium and yes, Oregon uh, USC does struggle there historically. This is another one of those, uh, another one of those games where the market is just still in wait and see mode against USC. Yeah, they're not respecting them yet at all. At all. And I think that they're going to learn again this week. Like, I think a touchdown is too little. If this was seven and a half, I might think about taking Oregon State. But if I'm getting less than a touchdown, I'm taking USC. If I'm getting less than 10 points, I'm taking USC. Nah, that's a, Oregon State's better than Stanford. They're not, But they're not better than Fresno State. I don't think they're better than Fresno State, honestly. They beat Fresno State at home. Yeah, on the last second touchdown. Yeah, and, and I mean, Jake Hayner, like, he was slicing and dicing this Oregon State team. So, I mean, what's Caleb Williams going to do? It's with better receivers. So, good luck, uh, Oregon State. Shout so, out to their fan base. But I think it's going to get ugly. And uh, they are in Corvallis, right? They are in Corvallis, Beaver Stadium. Yeah, because the clucks are in Eugene. That's how you remember it. The over-under right now is uh, the total is at 71. Mm, I'll take – 
I yeah. think USC gets to the 40s. So I don't. I will say this before you give your answer. Over uh, win totals over 70 points are like they hit like 22% of the time. The over does. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if it gets to 70, you automatically just take the under. Yeah, I'll take the under. But, you know, USC isn't the greatest offense. And like you said, I mean, I'm sorry, the greatest defense. And like you said, they kind of do put pressure on you. So I. It, it it's it could go both ways, dude. It could be a high scoring game, or it could be like the Fresno State situ- or um, Fresno State and Stanford situation, where like Stanford was making uh, they're forcing a lot of throws because they knew they had to keep up, right? So I think that could be a big thing here. And, Ch- and Chase Nolan is definitely he's worse than uh, Jake Hayner or um, Tanner, Tanner McKee. McKee. So this is definitely like a step down from what they've been facing. You know what I mean? No offense to Chase yeah. Nolan if he's listening. Yeah, no, no offense. He's, he's just those are two NFL though. quarterbacks. You're a better quarterback Chase, than me, but yeah, you know, I'm Definitely. sitting here talking shit. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get a couple better. Let's bets go, here. y'all. Let's get some best bets out of these games, sir. So my two best bets is USC minus six, and I like uh, Washington plus six and a half at home. All right. Washington State. Washington State plus six and a half. USC minus six. My two best bets. I'm going Arkansas, Texas A&M under 47 and a half. Uh, You know, nine straight games hitting the under is pretty impressive. And Texas A&M cannot score the ball. So I like that one. And then I'm going to take K-State plus 13 and a half. They always play Oklahoma very tough. Last three games are three and oh against the spread and two and oh straight up. And I think this nice. Kansas State team is better than either of those teams. So give me Kansas State. Let's get this money and let's go. All right, y'all. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be uh, we'll be recapping college all these college football games. We'll be talking about all the big stuff that happened. Hopefully, we get a ton of upsets. So we have a lot to talk about. Hopefully one of those upsets is not USC, though. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday night with Big Ball and Ben Larson. We'll be breaking down NFL Week 3. Go to Tavour. Make sure to use promo code TAPROOM. You can download the app. Go to Tavour.com. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to move your leave your couch. We got a lot of football coming up, so there's no better time to drink beer than now. Swerving Urban Washington. Oh, IPAs. <laughs> hey, those are the best. I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads. Y'all have a blessed weekend. Let's get this money. Our top five picks will be coming out tomorrow. Make sure to follow us. Let's go. Let's go.